Hi, welcome back to the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast, the place where women who binge and comfort eat come to break free from binge eating so that they can become strong, confident women and free up time and energy to do the things that are important to you. So today we're talking about, um, this is going to be a three-part series and The series is entitled Guilt-Free Indulgence. As we're in the U.S. headed into a holiday season where we basically have back-to-back holidays (laughs) um, coming up and other parts of the world I know also celebrate some of the same overlapping holidays. So I thought it would be appropriate to do a series that will support you around, you know, indulging because when the holidays come, many of us like to celebrate with our family and, you know, eat richer foods and more indulgent foods, have things that maybe you only have once a year. And it can feel very stifling if you feel the need to stop yourself or to um, keep yourself from eating Um, because you are fearful of the consequences of that. And so that's what we're going to be talking about over the next three episodes. And after the series, we will wrap up with um, an important topic, which is how to not beat yourself up, because we've all been there. We've all been in a place where we want, we have the best of intention for how we're going to eat, but then maybe we we don't execute on that quote unquote perfectly. So how to not beat yourself up. So that's going to be what we're looking at over the next month. But today we're going to start with part one of guilt-free indulgence. So have you ever allowed yourself to honor your cravings and have an indulgence, like maybe you've advice that you've heard before, but afterwards you feel guilty that you ate something that was in your mind an indulgence, or maybe you should you feel like you shouldn't have eaten it. Do you sometimes find yourself beating yourself up when you're not perfect? Do you get a feeling of anxiousness thinking about you know the potential of gaining weight? because of how you've been um, eating or, you know, you might feel like you've been slipping a lot and you're, and you're afraid that you're going to gain weight. So if you've had any of these fears, what we're going to talk about today is when it comes to indulgences, the three biggest mistakes that we have all made, myself included, when it comes to thinking about indulgence, because the the way that we think about something precedes the way that we act. So we're going to talk about what are the thinking errors that we that we've all fell into, you know, and the things that we're working on, and I'm still working on. And we're going to talk about these three um, thinking mistakes, we'll address each one over the next three episodes, we're going to start with the first one today. So those three that we're going to be talking about is the first one is cravings, making cravings the enemy instead of turning them into an ally. We're going to talk about how we can make this shift 
today from viewing cravings as the enemy to letting them be an ally to us. The second one is indulging from guilt or deprivation versus indulging from values. And that's going to be episode two, part two. And then part three is going to be um, the third mistake is working backwards in your identity. So again, over the next three episodes, part one, part two, and part three, we will work on all of these mistakes. But for today, let's go ahead and dive into mistake number one. Mistake number one is making cravings the enemy instead of turning them into an ally. Okay, this is really such a foundational piece um, to everything. It is where really all of like even this podcast, that's where it all started. You know, it started with this idea that instead of making cravings an enemy or instead of resisting them, instead of, you know, um, being fearful of cravings, we could actually be curious when we crave. We could actually not only overcome cravings, you know, um, get through them without giving in, but we could also use them to actually improve our lives. And the idea behind this was that, you know, when we have a craving, that is actually a signal, just like the dashboard on your car that tells you, hey, fill up your gas tank, you know, we get these signals in our body that point us in the direction we need to go. And so one of the biggest mistakes that we all make when we're first starting out, you know, this is something that you really learn over time. So remember, when we talk about um, things that we can improve, it's never the intention to beat ourselves up for it, make ourselves wrong or bad or anything like that. But it's to be curious about it. You know, it's how can I take this information and really just wonder, you know, is this something that I am willing to improve on? And when it comes to cravings, one of the first things that my most um, thriving clients really embrace is being able to be curious when craving hits. They recognize that it is never about the food, all right? So the cravings compass method is something that I teach in pillar two of the embodiment method. I'm sorry, pillar three of the embodiment method. And what this does is it helps you to use your cravings as a compass to move you toward peace and freedom instead of into feeling restriction and anxious every time you think about like eating chocolate or pizza. Um, And so, you know, when it comes to this mistake of thinking, oh, you know, I'm I'm having a craving. 
this is bad, this is wrong, you know, I'm going to be out of control or I am out of control or whatever the thoughts are around cravings, you know, can you instead be curious when that happens? So with the craving, cravings compass method, there are four steps. I'm going to talk to you today about step one. The four steps are step one is to use RAIN. We've talked several times about RAIN on the podcast and there is a free training also available. I, I updated this training. This training has been um, where all of my most successful clients have started, the ones who are able to really step into that food freedom and feel a sense of ease and peace around eating and have released weight without even trying. So if you want to get that, go ahead and uh, grab that training now. You can get that at RashondaYates.com slash cravings. All right. And then that audio will guide you through this process that we're talking about right now. So step one is RAIN. Step two is to understand your brain. Step three is to habitualize. And step four is intention, action, and allowing. All right. So this is what, these are the four steps that I take um, clients through in that pillar. But what's important to understand is that every single one of them has started with rain. All right. So with this practice of rain, it was created by Michelle McDonald, a mindfulness um, practitioner. And it's a way of doing something that's called urge surfing. Urge surfing just means allowing a craving to pass without giving into it. You can Google this and you will find the process. Um, again, you know, you can go to my training, but the four steps are recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. Now, um, some of you have been through the original training that I did. So with the original training, um, well, what I mean by original is my original video series. And I used different language around it, but it, the language doesn't matter. The process is still the same. Recognize is just being aware that you're having a craving. So, but it's the acknowledgement of it, right? So you can have a craving and you can try to ignore it. Or you can have a craving and you can acknowledge to yourself, I'm having a craving right now. And when you do that, you're already starting to create that detachment, which is so important. You ever notice that sometimes you know exactly what to do, but you just will not reach for the tool to do it? That's attachment, which Buddha said is the source of all suffering. So when we're attached to our food or our, or this, the ritual, 
you know? Um, man, the ritual is, is a huge thing that we haven't even gotten into on the podcast, but, you know, I had a very, uh, ingrained ritual around my binges. It wasn't just the binge itself, but it was, you know, um, for example, when I was really deep into my binge eating <laughs> at one of those points where I was like really into it, um, years ago, I would go around to different fast food places and like collect food really to binge on. And part of it was, you know, not wanting any one place to see how much I was eating, but part of it was I wanted specific foods. It was like in my mind, I was like, I have to have this food from this place and that food from that place. And I had gotten to a point where it was really, it became a ritual, gathering the food, sitting down in front of the TV, having all the food around me. The situation had to be perfect. There could be nobody else at home. You know, um, man, what else? There were so many little things that had to be just so. So it wasn't just about eating. It was about this entire ritual that I had developed around it. And so I had become attached to that. And I remember there were some points where I was really starting to really break out mentally, but I would still be attached to the ritual. So maybe I would be driving somewhere. And at one point I would realize, you know, I don't really want to do this. But since I was already in the car and driving, it was like I felt compelled to just finish out the ritual. So, you know, having that moment of acknowledging it to yourself really helps to create that detachment. And really, as you go through this process, that's what you're doing is you're building and creating detachment from the ritual, from the emotions, from the thoughts that really create a binge. And if you've been through my video series, you know that the binge never starts with the binge. It starts way before that. So recognize, really just say it to yourself, acknowledge what is happening in that moment. I am craving. The next step is allow. And why this is so important is because we do want to resist. And remember, when we make cravings the enemy and we resist it, what we resist persists. So instead of fighting with a craving, instead of, you know, telling myself, oh, I'm not going to give in or trying to rationalize that, you know, oh, I'm, I'm full already. Or, um, you know, I said I wasn't going to do this or I promised myself I was, you know, any rationalizations that you might have, those are all forms of resisting what is. I hope that makes sense. So when we can instead allow what is, so first we recognized, then we allow what is. And a two-word phrase that I learned from Tara Brock for, for this step, to facilitate this step, is just to say to yourself, this belongs. So you can think of an ocean with waves that rise and fall and every wave belongs. You know, nobody's out there trying to stop away from happening, right? It just comes and it goes. 
All right, so that was step two. Um, so we have recognize, allow. Number three, investigate. Um, or inquire is a term that I've used before here. This is an opportunity to really get curious about what craving feels like in your body. Or it can be an opportunity to ask yourself what beliefs and thoughts are actually playing in the background surrounding this. This is just an opportunity for you to let those surface. Sometimes you'll get a clear answer and sometimes you won't. It's not about getting the quote unquote right answer. It's about letting what's there, what's present to you right now, come to the surface. That's all. So what what I don't want you to do is to get caught up in this step, because really this entire process will only take 30 seconds once you are um, familiarized with the routine. Just like when you get in your car and you buckle your seatbelt and you turn on the ignition and you put it in reverse and you back out or whatever it is that you do when you drive, it doesn't take you long to do it, right? But when you first started, how long did it take you to do that? So I want you to think of it like that, where when you first start, you know, you're going to spend some time on each individual step, but the goal is to eventually get to a point where it's routine. It's something that happens automatically so fast that it only, it really only takes me about 30 seconds to do the majority of the time. Every now and then something comes up that's just really more, um, of a powerful feeling that I might spend more time with. Um, but largely this really goes by so quickly. So I don't want you to get bogged down on individual steps. So in the investigate step, some of the things that I ask myself are like, you know, what am I not willing to be with right now? What am I avoiding? Um, what am I believing right now? So these are the kinds of stories that you can ask. Now, again, that, that audio that I mentioned, it will have a more in-depth um, explanation of this. So grab that if you want to get more ideas on questions that you want to ask, or if you just want a um, more fleshed out guidance through it um, that helps you to actually make it a habit. But when you can lean in, to what you're feeling and just dive in, almost like you're diving into the ocean as the waves are rolling. This is where the power lies when you're willing to do this. So let's go on to the last step, which is nurture. Now, this can be note or nurture. The reason that there's two different names is because, number one, um, in my own personal development and growth, I have found that when, as I evolve, you know, some of my tools evolve, you know, and I share that with you. So note is where, um, I started off with this training. And then when I revamped it, I, I changed it to nurture and it's based on my own learnings. Like I am doing workshops around mindfulness and, 
Um, I heard nurture used by, again, Tara Brock. She's the person who first introduced me to Michelle McDonald's exercise. And Tara Brock, um, look her up. She's just fantastic. She has amazing talks. She has amazing meditations. Like, they're just beautiful. She's a wonderful, beautiful person. Um, And I heard her talk about nurture. And I love it because it's all about giving yourself what you need. Because so many of us, we, we didn't get what we needed as a child, you know? And that's what m- the majority of this is. It's just childhood stuff that, that's coming up, that's being triggered now. And so it's, a, it's this beautiful chance for us to really be with ourselves find out what it is that we need from ourselves and give it to ourselves. I mean, it's so beautiful. And there's a couple of things that you can do to support yourself in this moment. Again, there is the noting. So sometimes all we need to do is really just feel what is happening in our body. And so with noting that sounds like, you know, um, rising in my belly, warmth in my chest, tension in my throat, whatever the craving feels like in your body, you just label the sensations as you feel them. But with nurture, um, it is more of an emotional gift that you give yourself in the moment. So it's about things like I care about this suffering, whatever it is, you know, that you're suffering with. Um, It might be a message from a mentor that you really admire, who has, you know, what would they say? Something that I rely on, someone that I rely on a lot is Maya Angelou. She was so wise. And so I really think a lot of times I think, what would she say? What would she say in this moment to me if she were here? Another thing you can do is you can call on your highest self, your most wise version of yourself. So these are all things you can do. Put your hand on your on your heart and, you know, nurture yourself from one of those questions or one of those Um, guides, if you will. And that's the nurture step. Take a deep breath and give yourself whatever it is that you need with your hand on your heart. And then a final bonus step that's not a part of the four step process, but it's just being with yourself in that moment after you've already moved through the craving. Because what that does is it's an innate reward that you're receiving. Because remember, when we, when we, um, seek food for comfort, we're actually seeking to fill something that feels like it will satisfy us in that moment. And everything is set up through various mechanisms. And a big part of that is dopamine. But we can actually create that mechanism for ourselves by really being present to our own joy, to our own 
really just to whatever it is that we're feeling when we're present and when we re- when we are really aware of the quality of that presence, we're actually giving ourselves a reward in that moment. So again, one of the biggest mistakes that we make when it comes to indulgence is we make craving an enemy instead of an ally. And in that moment, we, when we're craving an indulgence, we, you know, we start to kind of panic and go into fight or flight. Our prefrontal cortex actually goes offline. And the more we fight, the stronger the urge actually gets. It's going to persist. So what we can do instead is really use it as a compass to guide us toward that moment that we talked about, that moment of real, true, pure presence. And I teach the craving, the craving comfort, compass method. The RAIN um, process is the first step of that. So what I shared with you today is the RAIN process. And again, this is all coming from pillar three of the embodiment method. And when you recognize, allow, investigate, nurture, next time you have a craving, I want you to find me on Instagram and DM me and let me know how it went. These are some of the most awesome messages that I've gotten. People have gone through this training and are just really amazed at what it felt like for them to really see and acknowledge, wow, that I see what's happening, but I'm not caught up in it. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And I will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have gained any value from this episode or from the podcast in general, then I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes. It is such a big help. It helps me to reach more people. And if you did gain any insights, I would love to hear your takeaways and how you're implementing these tools over on Instagram, you can follow me at Rashandi Yates and send me a DM and let me know what you are using, what you're taking away from the episode, what your ahas are, things that you're seeing differently. I love having conversations with you over there. And until next time, I'll catch you on an episode on, an, on another episode. Bye.